so glad you're here today. You're in for a great show. Uh, so as you know, this podcast documents a journey of building a life coaching business or my life coaching business, where I talk about steps that I and life coaches take to create our companies. And over the course of this podcast, I bring, I've been bringing on guest coaches to enrich our experiences and knowledge. And today I'm pleased to introduce Sean Oldham. Uh, Sean is a money EQ coach. And uh, Sean, welcome to the show. Um, your title is so intriguing. Tell us a little bit about what that means and what you do. Yeah, well, first of all, Larissa, thank you for having this space and inviting me on. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and get to have a, a lovely conversation. Um, but yeah, money EQ coach, we, we all know what the term IQ means, right? Uh, intellectual quotient. Uh, EQ is just the emotional side of that, right? The emotional quotient. And uh, so basically, you know, money, a lot of people can understand at the base level, uh, you know, what is required, you need to, you know, save more than you spend, and, you know, ideally invest it and see it grow over time, and you will be doing okay, right. Um, but the problem, the problem is with that is that if you Google national debt averages, you know, in basically every country, uh, people don't just get that naturally. And the high school system does a terrible job of teaching that. So, you know, I had to figure out what my limiting beliefs were to be able to put the theory I understood into practice. And the last, you know, five to seven years have been amazing, but it took me a long time to get there. So I want to help people shorten that gap, figure out what their, you know, evolutionary machinery is programmed for, understand it better, and therefore understand their relationship with money better so that they can have more of it around and have a better chance at living their dreams, right? And like, you know, doing what they love. So helping people transform their relationship with money is probably the quickest way to, to say what I do. That's awesome. So interesting, you brought in uh, the term or the phrase limiting beliefs. Um, it's, it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar to a lot of people. But how would you define limiting beliefs? And what does it really look like when it comes to money, for example? Sure. Yeah, I think the easiest way to do that is just kind of explain mine, right? I mean, I've, I can I, I, I can anonymously share a lot of clients' views that we unearth, right? But the, the easiest way to do it is kind of explain mine. Um, you got, just anybody comes into this world w without, you know, skill, right? We come out, uh, you know, like soaking wet messes that have no idea what's going on, right? And it takes us a while. So where do we get our beliefs from, right? The adults in our lives, our parents, uh, you know, teachers at a young age, uh, you know, daycare attendants, right? Different people that come from a lot of different backgrounds that put ideas into our minds before we are fully functioning. So mm -hmm. by the time we hit an age where we start to kind of connect the dots and realize like, wait a minute, okay, so everybody's just kind of figuring it out as they go. But we've adopted a lot of ways of thinking that we didn't mm -hmm. choose, right? None of us yep. choose the parents that we are born to, the religions that dominate that part of the world, uh, you know, the, the the ideologies, the ways of thinking in the, in that part of the globe. So, so much of, of what we believe and think is kind of in there from childhood. If we don't take a second to think about, wait a minute, why do I think that way? Right. Yeah. So a big reason why, even though I understood in theory how money was made and how money was grown and compounded and I could understand the science of it. I had a massive block because, you know, my parents came from the lower class, uh, you know, 
like like uh, not necessarily like awful upbringings, but they just came from less, became physiotherapists, became upper middle class. But the way they communicated money didn't make it sound fun, right? So the way they communicated money to me was, it is really scary. It is so hard to manage. It is so hard to get to this level, right? Like all I really heard throughout most of my life was that, well, I don't want that much of this money stuff. It just sounds awful, right? Like it yeah. sounds like it's just not fun to have. It just sounds yeah. like, you know, if you if you have a bunch of it, it just makes your world harder, right? So I just adopted the belief that like, just blow it when you start getting a bunch, even though it wasn't an intentional decision. I just mm-hmm. had these beliefs that then triggered behaviors that had me doing things to squander you know, the, the, the good positions that I was building, you know, making money was never really hard. Making it grow was another story. And I had to kind of figure out that I had these ways of thinking before I could do anything about it. So, uh, when you say relationship with money, is that synonymous to you with limiting beliefs? Uh, to, to a degree. I mean, some of Mm -hmm. us are lucky, you know, we grow up in, some people grow up in households where, you know, your parents kind of understand some of this cognitive science and, you know, they, they challenge you to think for yourself and they ask you a lot of questions to kind of challenge the way you think and, you know, be your own mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of like what a coach does, like what you do with your clients, you know, like we, we, we turn the mirror on them and, you know, it's not just, it's not advice, right? Like if anyone's still not sure what, you know, a coaching relationship is, it's not giving advice, you know, it's not telling someone this is what you should be doing because there are a lot of books out there for that. You know, there are a lot of programs out there to specifically go through the traditional schooling method. Uh, but you know, the people that don't grow up with parents like that, that have an insight into this and challenge you to kind of figure out really who you are and figure out, you know, what you want to be and who you want to be, not what, sorry. And uh, then a lot of people adopt, you know, the society's view on things. So relationship with money is, yeah, largely kind of what happened in the home. And is it a positive relationship? Do you have positive beliefs when you think about money? Do you think about it in a loving way that you love to share it, you love to receive it? Or does it bring up negative emotions, right? Like no, it, it brings mind. up very positive emotions. I, I love to, to receive it, yes. Perfect. <laughs> no, <I'm just> yeah. <laughs> no well, but, but some people don't. No, but I also like to share it. Think about that, right? A lot of people just have fear, panic, right? Yeah. When they think about money, it does not bring about any joy. Or even you talk think. about money. Or yeah. even talk about money, right? Isn't such a taboo subject for some reason? Especially, it seems to be like the more you have it, the less you want to talk about it. Yeah, and, then, and people just simply perceive people that have a lot of money as, as greedy and put these negative terms on them to make themselves feel better about not having as much, right? Mm. So this world of money is just a really, really confusing space that a lot of people get a bad start in that is not their fault and therefore never really know how to play catch up. Right. And, yeah. and that's, that's really like to, to, to kind of answer your question in the longest way I could have, I guess is, yeah, like I just, I, I, I want to help people get past what they've always known and believed and start to think bigger, challenge their view and their relationship to believe that they could do well with possessing a lot of it. And they do have the talent inside to make that shift, you know, figure out, you know, what they could do in life that would make them truly joyful and then receive a lot more money. Right. I, I, I choose to believe that that's possible for anyone or it would be pointless to do what I do. 
So then is it fair to kind of assume that in your coaching, um, you first uh, address the limiting beliefs uh, and then you try to extract greatness from people? Or how would you how would you look at your coaching? Somebody's interested in coaching with you, for example, what would you say they could possibly experience? Uh, great question. Thank you for that. Um, yes, triggering. You know, like we 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 do do you know a session just kind of based on you know when, when you think about money, how does it make you feel? Right. We got to unearth everything. You know, and we got to start with unearthing everything. A lot of different scenarios, a lot of questions that I've designed to really get to the bottom of you know what like is money your friend, right? I also mm-hmm. like to get people to think about money as a friend, you know, and, and give it human characteristics. Now, the more human characteristics that you attribute to how you think about money, can you identify that as a person in your life? Now, is that a good or a bad thing, right? So if, if money is this bad person based on the characteristics you give it, then we clearly need to do some work at improving how you see it, right? Yeah. Uh, then a lot of the work that I also do is future self-work based, right? So getting people to visualize and you know i start with a much longer term and then we work our way back because it's sometimes easier for people with the right prompts the right ways to think about it to create a longer like 10 or 15 year vision right because then we're having fun with it you know you're like writing your your own biopic and just kind of having Mm -hmm. a good time starting to put pieces on the board right because most people are out there without a destination because they haven't taken the time to think about what do I really want, right? What will make, what will fill me with joy? What will create an amazing life? We're winging it, right? A lot of my life was just winging it. Just like try a little bit harder, work a little bit harder, just go harder, right? And I was like, that worked in the sports that I played, but it wasn't really working in life. It was just making me unhappier and not really getting me things that, that filled me with joy. So there's a lot of future self-work and vision work involved as well in terms of making sure we are going after something that is worth going after, that will fill your life with the correct emotions that you want to be feeling. Because when connected to a purpose, when connected to things that will activate someone's soul, it's easier to kind of work harder and make money. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that you bring emotion into it because, you know, I feel like it's a driving sort of factor for us. Yeah. Emotion big time. And I think that's what's left out and like full disclosure, right? We're all students. Uh, you know, I was reading Brandon Bruchard's book, high performance habits that that really clicked for me is that Mm -hmm. when we, when we build our visions and we kind of set our goals and think about what we want to go after far, like almost all the time and far too often we leave out the emotions that we want to attract and the motion, the emotions that we want to be feeling throughout the journey. And Mm -hmm. that has now become integral to my coaching is, is making Mm -hmm. people think not just about a number, not tangible things, because at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to be sitting there on our deathbed saying, you know, I wish I made more posts. I wish I tried to get more followers of, of people who I didn't know, <laughs> right. or, you know, I wish I bought more things on Amazon that I lost interest in, you know, a month later. Like those are not things we're going to be saying when we get towards the end, right? We're going to be thinking about, did we cultivate the right emotions that we love deeply enough, the people that are directly in our lives, right? Like it's experiences, not things that determine the richness of our life. So that's why I go there and that's why I involve the emotions that we're looking to create along the journey. Because what happens when I start to get people to think about that is they add in more meaningful pieces to the journey all of a sudden, 
right? They're not leaving out. It's like, you know, the wheel of life concept. Yeah. Instead of just kind of setting targets that are usually monetary, usually things like, you know, the check boxes like house, check, you know, one to four cars, check, let's throw a boat in there, check, you know, let's throw all of these like, you know, fancy things in there. And we think once I have accomplished all of these things that society determines are awesome, then, you know, I will be happy and fulfilled because I will have achieved all of the things. But I think you know very well, you know, working with clients that that often doesn't actually lead to fulfillment and joy. Yeah, it does not. Uh, it definitely does not. Uh, I know for myself, uh, when I when I embarked sort of on this coaching journey, um, you know, I thought about it long and hard before I actually started this because I was seeking purpose. I wanted to ensure that whatever I was doing next after my corporate job, that it had a lot of meaning and purpose. And, you know, when you start coaching, obviously, when you're starting your own business, you're starting from scratch, even negative, you know, I mean, you're, you're building everything up. There's, you know, cost associated with starting a business, but the amount of joy and satisfaction that it brings, you know, uh, it's, is, is, um, doesn't compare to many successes that I've had in my corporate world. That's bang on. I love that because let's just think about the amount of like new experiences and how your life has been enriched just by the experiences that you have welcomed it, welcomed in mm -hmm. by going down this path, right? Like just by choosing a different road, how many new things have you experienced on this journey? Yeah, it's been, it's been six months of new experiences, pretty much, uh, including this one, uh, the coach, the podcast experience, brand new. Um, and I'm, you know, keeping a tally of things that I'm learning, that I'm adjusting, that I'm changing. But it's incredible. Uh, it also allowed me to bring and talk to so many different coaches, probably like 10 different coaches already that I didn't know before you know, allowed me to expand my network of people. And, uh, and also you're in Canada, right? You're in Vancouver. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. Talking to you in Canada and talk to somebody in Wales yesterday and talk to somebody in like, you know, different parts of the world all the time. And and my, 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 my podcast partner, Luke as well. Over I talked to Luke in Australia. Yeah. yeah. So how cool is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's pretty awesome, you know, like, because Luke and I are going to start bringing on guests as well on our show. And, you know, they're, they're already from all over the globe in different parts. And it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's crazy the world that we live in now. But it's, again, I think about had I played it safe, right? Had I played it safe, had I not discovered that, you know, through my mom, because sometimes it's the people closest to you that give you your limiting beliefs, right? From a loving way. Their, their, their intention is love. Their intention right. is to protect you, right? Yeah. But, you know, my mom was the, the classic play it safer, right? So, like, I actually got a lot of letters for junior teams and, you know, like like uh, some Eastern U.S. universities for hockey. And for a while, I really wanted to play hockey. But my mom trying to – and, like, I have no resentment to her. I've let this go a long time ago. I had to figure out it was there first in order, in order to move forward. But every time I bought a big, brought a big dream to my mom – her way to communicate to me was to play it safe. Be careful. Mm -hmm. What if that doesn't work out, right? Like have a backup plan. And, you know, so basically, you know, my biggest dreams, the wild ones that yes, could go wrong in a lot of ways were brought there to get shot down, 
right? Unknowingly, and I didn't realize this, but I kind of made that my way of looking at things. And mm-hmm. so I realized like, wow, that's why I play it safe. That's why I just say yes to the corporate job as opposed to going out and trying for myself, right? Or like trying to start a business or trying to go do these things that deep down I know I've always wanted to do, right? So like, that's another thing. Like if you're listening to this, like really think about it, you know, are your limiting beliefs or the reasons you maybe play it safe in life truly your reasons or are they borrowed, right? Did you borrow them yes. from somebody else that might be somebody incredibly close to you? Yeah, absolutely. That is that is a great point. Um, so it's funny because just you talking about your mom and limiting beliefs, I remember myself, like I think I was baby, babysitting around 13 and people that I was babysitting for asked me, so what do you want to be when I grow up? And I remember saying... I want to be a secretary. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I want to be secretary. Like the, there was, you know, I, I, and, and probably, you know, coming at that time, I was only in the States for a couple of years coming from like Ukraine, former USSR, you know, there, there were definitely limits on what you could achieve, but secretary. And I remember they're just, Larissa, you can be anything you want to be. Why settle on secretary? <laughs> you know, they were perplexed. Um, but I'm glad I didn't settle on secretary. That's for sure. Um, because it's, it's incredible. The life that we're living, I I know that the life that I'm living is, is, is what I want it to be. It's, it's exciting. It's new. It's, it's challenging. It's, it's different. Not what I imagined, but it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I uh, have I a feeling it. you're feeling. I know, it's, I know it's your show, but I'd love to flip it on you for just one second. Um, you know, what were the biggest things that shifted you from you know that like safe route that you you'd predetermined that somebody probably put in your mind, right? Was a safe job and a good idea. Uh, you know, what are the reasons that you don't settle? What are the reasons that you keep looking for something different and something better that's going to make you feel better about yourself? Like, what is it about you that you do that keeps Mm -hmm. you going in the direction of your dreams? So, so like during the course of my life, um, I've always had this drive or like this desire to help women that were disadvantaged, that were sort of in an unfortunate relationships, maybe circumstances. You know, we had opportunity to live in Germany overseas, and uh, I was part of the military community, and I saw the challenges and struggles that those families endured, especially like after deployments, you know, when the husbands are coming from war zones or, you know, with with all kinds of issues or extended deployments and families try to come together with children. And there, there's always, there's a lot, there's, it's, it's challenging time, you know. <laughs> So I, I was part of that community and I was able to create, you know, environments for women to come together and support one another. Always had book clubs, just had that desire to bring women together. And, and, and I saw it as a way of empowering them. And so my last job, it was a corporate job and the job itself, I, you know, I loved working with people. The people asked me, the job itself was very technical but I loved the people aspect. So when I, you know, I was a project manager, so I was essentially in charge of projects. And while you work with people, that's not like your sort of core responsibility. 
your core responsibility are managing the projects. And so there's always like this nagging thing inside of me that, you know, when, you know, just look at yourself when you work with people, you achieve these great results. And so there's, I think it was a value clash of values, maybe, maybe not clash of values, but maybe it was, I don't know. I just felt that dissatisfaction. I was never satisfied. It was like nagging feeling inside of me. And so when I lost my job due to COVID, um, I, I went on a pretty serious journey. You know, I, for the first few months, I went on the mountain run next to my house here. I, I ran every day. I meditated a lot, thought about a lot, did a lot of research, started taking all these entrepreneurial classes just to learn about all these different opportunities, looked into different programs, you know, whatever my next step would be. And I never really connected with mission and I think with Jay's mission of impacting lives that was very very strong and um, that's kind of when I started you know I enrolled in the program and when I started the program I was like wow I love it the more I do it the more I love it the more I learn the more I love it and so right now you know I absolutely love coaching my clients I love seeing the results I love getting texts with this is happening or, you know, please help me or, you know, whatever it might be. I'd love just engaging with people, engaging with clients. And it's, it's, it definitely feels like it's my purpose. It's my place. Mm -hmm. I like that. So like there's something calling and, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I, I relate to that. I think everybody that eventually goes into their own lane, uh, I think most of us, even the ones that don't make it into our own lane, feel that, you know, feel that there could be more, uh, that, you know, I should be doing something different. Uh, but it's, it's unfortunately how we're wired, you know, the brain's job, keep you safe, you know? So although we live in a very different world than almost all of our ancestors before us, right? You think 2 million years, humans evolving in the human form. Well, how long have we lived with technology, right? How long have we right. lived with Wi-Fi? How long have we lived with smartphones, right? Like a very, very small percentage of time. So, you know, our evolutionary upgrades and our evolutionary, you know, machinery, right? Our minds, our, our brains and everything, it's not really built to automatically be propelled to success in this time that we're living in, you know, and that's why there, there is a coaching field. That's why there is a self-help industry because it's, it's very confusing to be a human being on this earth. You know, it's very, very confusing <laughs> to be alive, you know, now or, or any other time, right? Like we're effectively just spinning around on this rock that magically goes around the sun every 365.25 days a year, right? It's, it's beautiful magic, but we don't really stop and ponder that too, too often. We're very good at, at just kind of going with the flow. And I think that's what I want to do is just kind of help shake people right? Help yeah. shake people and say, if you just go with the flow without really honoring that voice inside and without ever kind of challenging yourself, you're going to reach old age and just realize that you chose not to question out of fear, usually, right? Which is never as bad as you think it is. And, you know, just that playing it safe. I almost did it. I almost did the playing it safe, right? Taking the safe corporate job and just taking the paycheck and just not having to think too much about anything else. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't blame anybody 
that does that and or I don't judge anybody because I understand how hard it is to step outside of that lane. So that's really, you know, my mission as well at the end of the day is to just kind of help people really start answering the questions that they're asking themselves inside and embracing their relationship with the truth so that they end up finding themselves in a different lane, you know, and then just taking the chance because it is just so amazing once you get out onto your own and realize, okay, I can actually learn at a pretty fast rate. This isn't as challenging as I thought it was. People are out there wanting to help. The resources exist. You just have to go after it and sit through the discomfort long enough to allow it to happen. And, you know, like think about this for yourself, right? And if there's anybody listening that is like on the verge of kind of making a change and like, you know, trying to push themselves this last journey for me, like being technically without a traditional job now for 18 months, uh, the hard has gotten more and more fun, right? And that's probably hard like to understand for you know someone that hasn't taken the plunge yet or hasn't tried to live without a paycheck, right? Coming in consistently, that could terrify a lot of people. It used to terrify me, but this is a thing I never quite understood and never saw coming is that I like my the, the hard of this journey, the challenge of this journey has actually become the fun part in a lot of ways, you know, like it, it, yeah. what used to just kind of be terrifying and how am I going to make money? Am I going to sign enough clients? What do I charge? Oh my God. Like all of the fears <laughs> the that go into yeah. the process, you know, all of it, as you just kind of commit to learning, you know, I, again, mm-hmm. I hired a business coach myself. I, I, I definitely kind of recommend that practice to people starting out, I believe very much in being humble and learning from people that are better than you and farther ahead mm-hmm. than you, right? That's why mm-hmm. I've just signed up for, you know, a year long uh, investment training program with, you know, uh, uh, one of the masters of value investing who has written several best selling books, uh, you know, the New York Times bestsellers. I, I always now will be doing this, right? I'll probably never yeah. stop doing this, taking some seminars, learning from people smarter than me, uh, getting coaching uh, because, you know, I've spent more money in the last 18 months than I would have thought sane in years past, but I have spent so much more money uh, on self-investment and what has occurred, right? I have been able to stay in this lane, continue growing my business and continue growing it at a faster rate because of this, right? Because of investing in myself, right? Where normally there was a fear to part with cash, where normally mm-hmm. I was afraid, like, ooh, that's a lot of money. But I think, what, would I, what was I comparing it to, though, right? I was comparing it to trivial things. I like, you know, instead of paying money to go to the, you know, the Jay Shetty certification school, the past me would have been like, ooh, yeah, but I could go to like, you know, Hawaii or Central America for that much money. And I could, uh, you know, I could buy a couple suits or, you know, that could be the down payment on a new car, right? Because my relationship with money was, was really not very good before. But now it's very simple. I spend all of this money. Uh, you know, on myself, right, for the business coaching, Jay Shetty's mm-hmm. program, investment seminars, this this year-long, uh, you know, program that I'm signed up for now. You know, I, I do these things and the future me benefits, right? The future Absolutely. me ends up having a lot more money to be able to do a lot more good things for not just myself, but for other people, right? Like right now, I'm looking for which charity to start working with and being a consistent contributor for, and, uh, you know, one that I really feel passionately about because now I've got a little bit more free time and a little bit more to give, you know, now mm-hmm. that it's starting to really move. And Absolutely. it's, uh, you know, it, it, but it, it's, I see so many people that sit there in paralysis and fear and think, 
hiring a coach, ooh, bad investment. That's a lot of money to part with. But how much are you spending out at restaurants this month? You know, uh, right. like, ooh, like I, I, I shouldn't uh, like uh, coaching or like taking the seminar or like taking this class. That's a lot of money, but I have to have the latest iPhone, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a big it. one. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, you know, it's like, well, if, even if you're using the model that's three to four years ago, it's, it's more technology than basically every other human ever has ever had access to. Right. So do you really need right. the newest iPhone or could you benefit from spending a couple thousand dollars on a coach or on a program or on something that is going to give you the skills necessary to level up to the next phase in your life? Right. And I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to get more people to think that way. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get more people to challenge their beliefs yeah. to kind of not just kind of be like, okay, I came up with this idea. I'm good with that. But instead say, why did I come up with this idea? Does this idea really benefit me? Or is this just a safety mechanism belief that I have? Right. And if you can get more people challenging their status quo and asking themselves better questions, that's mm-hmm. where change starts to happen, in my opinion. So if somebody wants to work with you, Sean, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, right now, well, I'm, I'm revamping my, my website. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I built that a little bit too soon before I really had niched down. So yeah. the website's there and it, it's got good information. But for now, it's my Instagram page. Uh, Instagram page okay. and LinkedIn are the best ways to connect with me. But uh, at, at Sean Howard Oldham on Instagram uh, is where you will find my link tree, which will get you my calendar, will get you my website, will you know get you my podcast if you want to, if you're curious about wanting to know more about me and my views. Uh, but for now, yeah, definitely Instagram will lead you to multiple ways, including my email address to, to find a way to contact me. Okay, awesome. I will I will link that in our in the podcast notes for everybody Amazing. to uh, who is looking to find you. Uh, but thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, interesting perspectives. Um, you know, I love that you're you're so passionate about coaching and and you see the impact of it. I love your uh, desire to invest in yourself or see value in investing in once in oneself. Um, I think that's something that I resonate with as well. So. Like I said, thank you for joining me today. Uh, Thank you for, for this great conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Have any questions about today's episode? Just head over to my website, larissadalton.com forward slash contact dash info and send in your request or simply email me at larissadalton10 at gmail.com. You can find my podcasts wherever podcasts are found. If you would like me to cover a specific topic, also submit that request via website or my email. Connect with me on Instagram at Larissa underscore Dalton or book a complimentary session with me at larissadalton.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again for joining me today and I hope to see you next time.